from the Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here is your host, Jim Manfredonia. very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come To Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, it is a great joy to be here with you as the Lord lets us come together every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, live at 4 o'clock Eastern Time on these domestic church media radio stations and all of our domestic church media platforms that will now allow us to reach uh, around the world, which is great. And um, I'm praying you're having a happy and holy and blessed January 21st, 2021, and thanking you for taking some time out of your day to come and share this time with me. You know, I'm I'm looking at, we've been having some camera issues here. If you watch on YouTube or Facebook or our streaming video on our homepage the past, um, I guess, week or so, we've been having some some audio drop-off. So I have two cameras here. I switched cameras, so I have to remember not to look at the right camera. (laughs) Otherwise, I'd be looking away from you if you're watching. Uh, you know, it's a fun way. to. to you know, in the old days, we didn't have all this technology. Just on the radio, that was it. If you wanted to listen to a program, a radio program, you had to listen to the radio. Now you don't have to do that anymore. You, uh, radio is there, of course, and we are so blessed to have four radio stations here in uh, New Jersey that cover parts of, good parts of New Jersey and southeastern Pennsylvania, parts of uh, Delaware, and even parts of Staten Island and Brooklyn, I understand. Um, but we're not limited to that. And, and of course, if you are in those fringe areas, you know, you may be in those areas, especially if you listen to the AM stations where at sundown we have to reduce our power. Um, or if you're on, again, one of our fringe areas, whether it be the AMs or FM stations that you listen to, um, you can always uh, listen 24 seven, uh, many, many other ways. If you have our free mobile app, well, you can listen to and watch right there. Uh, if you have the Amazon Echo or Google Home speaker devices, just say play domestic church media and we'll stream live over those devices uh, loud and clear. If you have the Amazon um, device, you first have to enable the domestic church media skill. So you go to the skill store, whatever they call it, and you f- search for domestic church media. We're there. And then uh, just enable that skill. And then from there on out, you just have to say, um, play domestic church media. Now, one thing I'm finding with the Echo device, I, I don't have the Google, so I don't know of any glitches there, but with the Echo device, sometimes if you say play domestic church media, it starts to play our podcast, so you have to say open domestic church media. But anyway, we're there. And of course, our streaming audio from our website. And if you have uh, access to YouTube, as most people do these days, just youtube.com slash domestic church media. And also Facebook.com slash Domestic Church Media. And on our homepage at DomesticChurchMedia.org, we're streaming live video. So you can watch the program live in living color, as they used to say on NBC 50 years ago. I remember the Peacock would come out. The following NBC program is brought to you in living color. <laughs> My father was always resistant to getting a color TV. He said, everything's in color. You want to watch things in black and white. It's a bit of a change, so... We finally got him to buy one, though, in the early 70s. <laughs> he was a bit um, resistant to that idea. Anyway, 
Happy you are here, my friends. It is Catechism Day, and uh, so we're going to get to the Catechism. Go back to where we left off last week on prayer from the Catechism. And then today, um, today's Gospel, you know, shares the this, this story of our Lord uh, because there are so many people uh, who uh, came to see him. He had to get into a boat and, and get all, go offshore. Um, but some nice reflection today, and I, I'll be doing this throughout the year because I think this is a, a, a magnificently, divinely inspired um, uh, piece of work, <laughs> this In Conversation with God that was written, I, I'm not quite sure how many years ago. I've had this for probably 20 years, um, published by Scepter Press, but uh, Father Francis Fernandez, who's an Opus Dei priest, you know these are the words of the Holy Spirit. I mean, they're not just like a paragraph or two on each of the day's readings. It's a few pages and beautifully written and so well uh, so well written that they're not on an overly theological level. Really, really speak to the heart uh, when you read these. So again, uh, and every one of them is, but today another lovely reflection by Father Fernandez. And I'm going to read you a section, share with you a section uh, where he wrote about formation in truths of faith, studying and teaching the catechism, <laughs> uh, handing the truth truths that we receive uh, since today is Catechism Day. So we'll get to that as well. First, we're going to pray, though, my friends. And as always, I invite you to join me and all of our wonderful domestic church media family who gathers here at this time, uh, both watching and listening and uh, however you are doing that. Of course, we repeat the program at 10 o'clock each of these nights that we're on. So you, uh, we have, I find out we have many people who listen to the um, rebroadcasts. And, of course, we archive all of this on our website. All of the videos are archived on our YouTube channel. Say some special prayers. Oh, I'm so excited about something that's happening here at the Apostolate. <laughs> very, very, very excited about this. And... Um, what has been on my heart for a few years now seems to be coming to fruition. I'll share it with you as we get everything set up and, and, and establish it and, and make an official announcement. But just keep us in prayer because, as I said, you know, I, I, we have to continue to grow. We have to reach out to as many people as possible with the gospel message. And you know, as I've been sh- sharing with you, and you'll see if you get the monitor uh, Emily, our wonderful uh, graphic artist, volunteer, and I hope soon she'll be back with her around the family table segment she would do for us once this pandemic situation is uh, done with. Um, but anyway, created a beautiful ad, and I said, you know, I've been pr- praying about it because she asked me what what would what would the theme of the ad be in the monitor. I said, you know, I've just been feeling in my heart that people want to come back to the truth. We've been out there, so many people, myself included, out there listening to to talk radio, cable news throughout the election cycle, and so many um, so many reports of of misinformation, in, intentional or not, uh, and uh, people just want to come back to the truth, where they can come and and get something that's going to give them hope, and I hope and I pray. That's why you are here. So come back to the truth and encourage others to do that too. This is who we are as Catholics. This is our culture. We're very blessed to have a a Catholic uh, media apostolate in the area. Let's pray. I'm getting off track here. Let's pray first. And um, I'm going to ask you to keep that intention in your prayer, the special intention of the apostolate. Also, please, please, please pray for a gentleman named Jim who last week had a heart attack 
and then they were trying to move him today to another um, location, and he had a second heart attack. Um, We know the family very close um, to them, and they've been very, very uh, good to us in prayer and support here at the Apostolate. His name is Jim. Please keep that in prayer uh, for a recovery, a quick recovery, and also pray for the family who are obviously very concerned about the situation. But we're going to pray also for families and consecrate our families to the Holy Family of Nazareth. So let's begin, my friends, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord Jesus, you lived in the home of Mary and Joseph in Nazareth. There you grew in age, wisdom, and grace as you prepared to fulfill your mission as our Redeemer. We entrust our family to you. O Blessed Mary, you are the mother of our Savior. At Nazareth, you cared for Jesus and nurtured him in the peace and joy of your home. We entrust our family to you. O St. Joseph, you provided a secure and loving home for Jesus and Mary and gave us a model of fatherhood while showing us the dignity of work. We entrust our family to you. Holy Family, we consecrate ourselves and our family to you. May we be completely united in a love that is lasting, faithful, and open to the gift of new life. Help us to grow in virtue, to forgive one another from our hearts, and to live in peace all our days. Keep us strong in faith, persevering in prayer, diligent in our work, and generous towards those in need. May our home, O Holy Family, truly become a domestic church where we reflect your example in our daily life. Amen. And our prayers to St. Michael and the beautiful ancient prayer to Our Lady uh, as Holy Father requested to pray to protect the church from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle, be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan, and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. St. Pope John Paul II, pray for us. St. Joseph, terror of demons, pray for us. And Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, thank you, my brothers and sisters, as always, for praying. Oh, we need prayer, prayer, prayer. I know a lot of people are concerned right now, uh, perhaps, maybe not, but some of you are, uh, about the direction of our country, um, given what uh, the new president, President Biden, has said he would do, uh, given the... uh, direction that Congress and our House of Representatives and Senate said they would do and where they would take us. But, you know, don't worry about that. You always obviously have a a right and a a reason and and an obligation to reach out to your own senator and uh, senators and and representative uh, to let them know how you feel. But, you know, bottom line, my brothers and sisters, God is in control. And God you know, if we are faithful in our in our, in our how we live our lives and and our prayer, there's nothing to fear. 
You know, the Lord is in control. So that's why I hope and pray that more and more people come here. You know, I encourage you to, to share this good news with your friends, your family, to say, you know what, aren't you tired of all that talk radio, conservative, whatever, liberal, whatever you're listening to out there? <laughs> aren't you tired of the cable news and, and all that bad news that's out there? Come back to the truth that will make you free. And we are free in Jesus. There's absolutely nothing that can hold us down when we have the Lord. And uh, even though the world maybe seemed to be uh, turning upside down, and a lot of people are very happy about you know the change that was made, the transition. You say that's, that's you have a right to that, and and uh, we all have rights to what we what we believe politically and what our uh, political leanings are. You know, there's that's America. That's that's the beauty of America, and hopefully it stays that way. That you know, you tolerate another person's opinion if it's different from yours regarding the political situation. That's but we want to, we don't want to go there. You know, we, we, we want to stay and focus on what really matters in our lives: the state of our immortal soul, how we live our life here on this earth, and our ultimate destination and our ultimate citizenship, which is heaven. So invite people to come back to this truth. What we share with you here will be information that you really need uh, and that will help you in your journey, I'm sure. And that's what we're going to share with you today because it is Catechism Day. So we're going to go to the Catechism, the second half of the program, and continue where we left off last week. Uh, and we'll teach today from the Catechism on intercessory prayer, prayers of intercession. Uh, but first... If I may, and I'll go to the Domestic Church Media Mobile app, because it's all right there. <laughs> uh, today's gospel, you know, very simple. And if you haven't downloaded this free mobile app, my friends, you have to do it. Because everything you need, not everything, everything, but a good number of resources that you will use on a daily basis are here, including the daily Mass readings. So this is a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus withdrew toward the sea with his disciples. A large number of people followed him from Galilee and from Judea. Hearing what he was doing, a large number of people came to him also from Jerusalem, from Idumea and from and beyond the Jordan, and from the neighborhood of Tyre and Sidon. He told his disciples to have a boat ready for him because of the crowd, so that they would not crush him. He, also, he had cured many, and as a result, those who had diseases were pressing upon him to touch him. And whenever unclean spirits saw him, they would fall down before him and shout, You are the Son of God. He warned them sternly not to make him known. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, our Lord got into the boat to get away from the crowds. But you know also, and you know this, I think, especially those of us who you know were so blessed to live here in this part of the, the country where we're not far from the ocean, not far from large bodies of water, the bay and, and other large lakes perhaps. But you know, it's, it's like a, a, a natural amplification system. So when our Lord was teaching the crowds and he was off on the water, his voice would bounce off the water and, and reach more people that way. 
But Father Fernandez, uh, again, from In Conversation with God, was talking about teaching. And, you know, that's the mission of this apostolate, just to bring you in whatever way we bring it. And there are many different and wide and varied presentations of the truth from the many programs you listen to. It's all through the Catholic prism, which is great. But it's a teaching apostolate. It really is. And Father Fernandez said, if we are to give Christ's doctrine to others, we have to have absorbed it into our understanding and hold it in our hearts. We have to meditate on it and love it. All Christians, each one according to the gifts he has received, talents, education, circumstances, whatever they may be, need to use the means to acquire this doctrine. That's why I said it before, and I say this in humility. I don't say it for any means of puffing myself up or puffing up the apostolate. But it is a blessing to have available to you and to all of our listening areas here in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, parts of Delaware, parts of New York, to have a Catholic radio apostolate. You know, you can watch EWTN, but you're kind of bound by the uh, cable, although now not so much anymore, right? With the technology, you can really, I, I watch EWTN on my phone sometimes with all the technology that's out there. And Mother Angelica, God rest her soul, said many, many years ago, we need to saturate the airwaves with then, she was talking about Catholic radio, but Catholic media. We need to saturate whatever platforms are out there in social media or media in ways of communicating to have a strong, authentic Catholic presence. That's the mission of who we are here at Domestic Church Media. It all began with radio. There was a time, you know, when we first started, when we became an affiliate of EWTN, Mother's Vision, back in 1991, so 30 years ago, and Vision, at that time, EWTN had been on the air for, for 10 years, the television side, through a cable. But she and Mother Angelica envisioned a shortwave radio signal where anybody around the world could pull down a broadcast with a shortwave radio. Remember, you used to have shortwave, probably still have shortwave radios. I had one. I remember listening probably 30 years ago when it first began. I remember having a shortwave radio in my house and tuning in, you know, you had to fine-tune uh, the dial to get the frequency uh, on which EWTN, uh, although they called it WEWN, was the, were the call letters for the radio site, WEWN. And you had to get your radio, your shortwave radio, and fine-tune to get the right frequency because the frequency changed, changed depending on where in the world you were. So you had to look up, go to their website, Find out what your particular frequency was and find it on your shortwave. And I remember doing that and listening. I thought, wow, Catholic radio on a shortwave. Because at that time, you couldn't get it in your car. The only way to get it was with a shortwave radio. And then Mother, again, had the divine inspiration where she was encouraging people to go out 
and buy local radio stations and then pull down that same signal and broadcast WEWN, EWTN Radio, locally on the radio stations. And people began to do that. Now there's probably over 300 stations, four of which are ours here in, in New Jersey. So we did. That's how we started 20 years ago. But in those days, that was the only way to get EWTN radio. And the only way to get EWTN television was to have your local cable company have it on their lineup. Or then eventually Mother went added the Dish Network. And so if you had the Dish, you can get you had to go get the Dish Network, not the other, I guess there were other satellite companies out there, but the Dish Network, uh, the network EWTN worked out a deal with them. So there were still very limited ways to get the broadcasts. And then as technology advanced and began to advance rapidly, you had all these other ways to get EWTN, television, radio. You can get it anywhere you want, any way you want. Now, you don't need us for it, <laughs> although I hope you listen because we do bring it to you. And a lot of people are, are listening. You know, I, my, my generation and older than my generation, other than generations before me, will always listen to the radio. Radio is always going to be there, always a part of who we are. But even the car companies now, uh, are, newer models are, are sans radios. <laughs> they don't have radios in them. They have, again, the Amazon or the Google devices. That's why we're there. So we're trying to saturate these airwaves so people, as Father Fernandez said, people can absorb into their understanding and hold in their hearts the teachings of Jesus Christ. And he said that all Christians, each one according to his gifts that he's received, talents, education, circumstances, whatever they are, need to use these means to acquire that doctrine. Sometimes this formation will begin by our learning the catechism thoroughly. That book, Father Fernandez writes, faithful to the essential truths contained in Revelation and brought up to date regarding teaching methods is capable of educating each new generation of Christians robustly in the faith. And those are the words of John Paul, too. It was under his uh, leadership and during his pontificate that we were given the catechism back in 1993. It was a great mission and vision of John Paul, too. The first new catechism in 400 years. That's why... And for as long as I've been on the radio, every Thursday, I've dedicated a portion of my program to teaching from the catechism. Because it isn't really not, it's not optional. The catechism and studying the catechism for Catholics is not an option. It's a requirement to continue to learn about our faith, to reinforce what we know, uh, as Father Fernandez says, to, to, to understand it and hold it in our hearts. And that's, again, the impetus behind what we do here at Domestic Church Media. That's what my inspiration was from the Holy Spirit. Provide a platform by which people can hear and better understand and hold in their hearts our faith. I'll tell you. I was a high school religion teacher from 1977 to 1983. Two different 
high schools in New, in uh, New Jersey, Catholic high schools. And I was green. You know, I started teaching right out of college. I, I didn't intend to be a high school religion teacher, but my minor was theology, and, and the opportunity came up at my old alma mater, St. Peter's in New Brunswick, And I was looking for work in radio and wasn't getting any. And so the principal of that school called me and said, I need a religion teacher. Could you do that? I said, why, sure, I could do that. That was 1977. And I taught high school religion for the next six years. But when I think back to what we were teaching, and I say we, I mean, we were, we had a, uh, you know, obviously a, a program um, that was developed by either the department or the diocese at those time, at that time. And the books that we were using, hey, I look back now and I kind of cringe at what we were talking about and what, what, you know, some of it was okay, but there were some parts of it that I know I sent many, many young people out into the world with not much of a, Faith formation. And I remember in the beginning of my work here at Domestic Church Media, as we were beginning, I, I, I was telling in my conversation with the Lord, say, Lord, you know, I knew that I sent many, many young people out into the world, not much of a knowledge of who you are, and not much of an understanding of our church. But if you let me have a Catholic radio station, I'll make it up to you. And so, of course, first we had 5,000 watts of power, then we had two stations, three stations, four stations, we're on all these other platforms, and what an enormous responsibility this is to do exactly what Father Fernandez is talking about, to give to the people, to give to our listeners an opportunity to absorb and understand our faith, to hold it in your hearts, to meditate on it, to love it, and to bring it to others. He said, The life of faith of an ordinary Christian often leads to a constant process of acquiring and transmitting the faith. And then he quotes from St. Paul, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you. And he said that to the Christians in Corinth, the faith of the church is a, a living faith because it is constantly being received and handed on from Christ to the apostles, from the apostles to their successors, and so to our days, the faith continues to resound ever identical with itself in the mag living magisterium of the church. That's the teaching authority. The doctrine of the faith is received and handed down by the mother of a family, by a student, a businessman, a secretary. What effective spokesman and woman our Lord would have if we Christians all decided, each one in his own place, to proclaim Christ's saving doctrine as our brothers and sisters in the faith have done. Jesus said, go and teach. And that's not just to the formal teachers, but to all of us. But you know, my friends, we can't teach or, or give what we don't have. And, you know, we're seeing a very scary trend over the past couple of generations where the faith is not being passed down, where now men and women 
who were raised Catholic, who went to Catholic schools, whose parents sacrificed to, to put them through Catholic education, who as a family, you know, went to Mass on Sundays and, and observed uh, the Holy Days and, 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 and brought that and lived that Catholic culture in each home, made truly made their homes a domestic church. And sadly, so many we hear, because I get we get prayer requests all the time, pray for my adult children who have left the church. Those young people left for college, were indoctrinated with, with all kinds of crazy things and, 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 and lies and went on to live their lives and, and just kind of let the, their faith wane and let their, their practice of the faith um, go away. I know my, our youngest son, Anthony, who went to Temple University, one time was telling us, that uh, he was in, I forget what class it was. It may have been World Religions or something where the professor was really, really uh, destroying, verbally destroying the Catholic Church. And Anthony, being a chip off the old block, (laughs) would have none of that and stood up very vocally for the church, God bless him. He was the only one. How many other in, the, in that class? How many others in that class probably were Catholic or raised Catholic? So that's the that's the scary part. The, the, the good news is is that when we ever we've had times like these in our church, the Lord has always raised up men and women of faith, like you, who are listening, watching right now, to take that faith, to learn, to want, to, to really thirst and hunger for that knowledge, to embrace it and live it and bring it out into the world. So that being said, let's take a break. We come back. We'll go to the catechism and we'll continue teaching from the catechism of the Catholic Church on the prayers of intercession. So stay where you are, my friends. There's more to come on Come to Me. Don't go away. People think that street evangelization involves yelling out of a bullhorn telling people that they're going to hell. Not so with St. Paul's Street Evangelization. Our methods are non-confrontational and effective. We simply offer information on the Catholic faith along with rosaries, miraculous medals, and prayer. Pope Francis wrote about how beautiful it is to see street preachers joyfully bringing Jesus to every corner of the earth. Street evangelization is fun and fruitful. Join us today at streetevangelization.com. Have you downloaded the Domestic Church Media app for all your mobile devices? It's free and enables you to stay in touch with Domestic Church Media and all we have to offer. You can tune into our live broadcast 24-7 as well as listen to our archives and podcasts. And you can even watch our local DCM programs live on our YouTube channel or watch the archive programs all on your phone or tablet. In addition to all things DCM, you'll also have so many other resources right at your fingertips. The free Domestic Church Media mobile app also gives you the daily mass readings 
readings, the liturgy of the hours, numerous common prayers and novenas, and daily saints of the day. And that's not all. The Domestic Church Media Mobile app also includes the complete catechism of the Catholic Church, the entire Bible, as well as multiple Catholic periodicals and newspapers like the National Catholic Register, Our Sunday Visitor, and so many others. Plus, you'll have access to all our local diocesan newspapers and so much more. Go to your app store today and download the free Domestic Church Media Mobile app. We know you'll love it. 60 Seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. How does God know? Well, God does not know the way we know. We know by looking at things. God knows by looking at himself. We can get a faint idea of the way God knows from an architect. Before an architect puts up a building, he can tell you if he is the designer. The size of the building, its dimensions, the location of each room, its height, the number of elevators it will have, and so forth. How does he know all of this before the building is built? Because he is the designer of the becoming of the building. Now, God is a cause, too. But God is not just a cause of the becoming of the universe. He's the cause of the very being of the universe. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Father Benedict Groeschel. I must tell you that from what I observe from very young people, all of these blasphemers, all of these mockers are in for a tough time. Because the devil bites his own tail. And I find among young people a growing reverence and longing for God. I find a decline in the cynicism and skepticism around it because it had to destroy itself. No one can live on being an enemy of God. It's too crazy. It's too absurd. It's too dark. It's too bleak. God is beautiful. God is holy. Why in the world mock God? The leading Catholic voices are on EWTN Radio. From Bristol to Browns Mills. Shrewsbury to Solbury. Atlantic Highlands to Allentown. Ocean Grove to Oxford Valley. From Lawrenceville to Leonardo. Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Proclaiming Jesus Christ in the new springtime of the church. Welcome back, friends, on this uh, lovely, brisk January 21st, 2021. Well, brisk here where we are in New Jersey, but uh, you could be listening anywhere in the world. Maybe it's uh, sunny and warm where you are, 70 degrees, and who knows? We do have listeners in other parts of the land and other parts of the world. So uh, I welcome you, and I thank you for joining us and being a part of the day. Um and let's see, tomorrow, of course, Friday already. And Cheryl and I will be here with Friday Live. And tomorrow, our guests will be, let me pull up my guest list here, Father Thomas Daly, who has written a book called Beyond This Heart. And also uh, we'll have uh, Dr. Kevin Vost, Aquinas on the Four Last Things. Ooh, so <laughs> do some very prominent theologians tomorrow about some very important topics. So join Cheryl and me. We have some music and uh, Jim's weather and other things. So uh, do tune in at 4 o'clock Friday Live 
Uh, we love doing that program, and um, it uh, you know <laughs> takes us way, way back. You know, when we first started, way, way back in the beginning of my Catholic radio career, we worked for another apostolate, and uh, Cheryl and I had a Monday morning live program. We used to do the program from our basement. We had a little little basement studio. I still have it. I don't, I don't use it anymore, but it's still there. It's still set up. I could use it, I suppose. But, um, you know, in the wintertime, basements are cold. <laughs> it was cold down there. And uh, we had the kids. They were still school age. And um, they would often, we tried to time it right so that, you know, 8 o'clock we were on the air live. We were only an hour. Um, but... Uh, Cheryl would be taking the kids to school, and so sometimes she'd be a little late getting back, so I had to start the program by myself. Um, Early, early Catholic radio days, but we, uh, so we enjoy it. We love it. So I hope you join us tomorrow, 4 o'clock. We've come a long way, baby, you know, (laughs) as they say. The Lord has taken us, you know, only by God's grace that we're here in this beautiful studio. And, you know, I've been uh, in, in radio studios and um, I tell you what, most radio studios are not, and I say this in, in grateful thanksgiving, are not as nice as the studio. Um, we're just very, very blessed. Uh, this this whole, remember you might recall, I don't think there's any video around anymore, but we used to be in a, 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 this studio, but be, before we it was all redone through a generous donation from one of our board members that it was redone. Uh, it was uh, pretty pretty dark and dingy. <laughs> Beautiful now. So, anyway, let us go, shall we? Talking about teaching the faith. Uh, back in 1993, you know, our Holy Father, Pope John Paul II, gave us the beautiful gift of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And I do hope that uh, every Catholic family has a catechism in their home and they use it. You know, one of the things I like to do here on Thursdays is just go through the catechism, but, you know, little teeny tiny bit at a time, just little little teeny tiny segments to then just stop and absorb it, understand it, take it to heart, and build upon what we already have in the knowledge of our faith. This is a section of the Catechism on Prayer, and we uh, started this last week, and um, this is the section on the Prayer of Intercession. How many times, oh boy, you know, I've said it, I know you've said it, we've said it at the beginning of the program, please pray for this intention, pray for me, pray for this person, pray for that intention. We have the wonderful um, program that Bruce uh, DeBacco hosts every first and third Monday, Come to the Throne, where he invites you to call in and pray with Bruce, with him, through uh, either conversation, as we patch you through here in the studio, or you text your prayer request, you email them. There is such great need for prayer. And the prayer of intercession, my friends, you know, as the Catechism says, intercession is a prayer of petition that leads us to pray as Jesus did. He is the one intercessor with the Father on behalf of all men, especially sinners. He is able for all time to save those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession to them. The Holy Spirit himself intercedes for us and intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. 
to have someone, and this is why we go to Blessed Mother. This is why we go to the saints. You know, we're not praying to them as deities. We're praying as to them as members of the mystical body of Christ, and as far as the saints go, the church triumphant. Those who are in heaven, those who are before the throne of God, who can pray for us. Of course, we go to Jesus because Jesus, you know, is the one intercessor with the Father on behalf of all of us. And I love what the Catechism says, especially sinners. In paragraph 2635, our Catechism says, since Abraham, intercession, asking on behalf of another, has been characteristic of a heart attuned to God's mercy. In the age of the church, Christian intercession participates in Christ's as an expression of the communion of saints. In intercession, he who prays looks not only to his own interests, but also for the interests of others, even to the point of praying for those who do him harm. You know, Jesus told us to pray for our enemies, and that's hard. (laughs) That can be hard sometimes. You know, we're praying... Well, back in, you know, in the summertime when we began our prayer for the United States, you know, we prayed that prayer from 1959. That was originally prayed at the dedication of the Basilica, the National Basilica of the Immaculate Conception. And in that prayer, if you recall, you might even have a copy. We sent out 5,000 of them. It said, invoking Our Lady, Pray for our president. And I had someone who wrote to me and said, I'm going to publish this in our church bulletin, but I'm taking that line out because we don't want to seem like we're biased toward one candidate. Didn't make any sense to me. He's the president, well, was the president, President Trump. Whether you like him or not, whether you like President Biden or not, whether you like President Obama or not, you still should pray for them. Jesus said pray. You know, he didn't say only pray for people you like or agree with. And he even went so far as to say pray for your enemies. And, you know, it's funny because prayer, praying for one's enemies and those who would do us harm in one way or another, is not easy. I've had situations, and especially in this work, and I don't like to, uh, I'm not going to get into great details, but, you know, the devil hates this work. He hates what we do here. And he has been relentless (laughs) in his pursuit to take us down, to take me down personally. I have had some people who have tried to do that. And it's 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 been very, very hurtful. And it deep hurts, deep, deep wounds. But I have to remind myself to pray for these individuals. Pray for them. And the more I pray for them the easier it becomes to get beyond it. 
You know, the devil will always remind us, of, of especially of people who have done us wrong, and try to keep us keep that that anger toward them active. You know, that wanes with time, and especially with prayer. But we're called to pray for, you know, and, and even intercede for people who would do us harm, who, who have tried to hurt us. The Catechism says in paragraph 2636, the first Christian communities lived this form of fellowship intensely. And you see, that's, that's why I believe the church grew so rapidly in the first century, because the Holy Spirit was behind it. But I do believe that because the first Christian communities lived, what the Catechism says, this form of fellowship intensely. Even Scripture says, people would say, speaking of Christians, see how they love each other. And when we don't do that, you know, we talked about it, Bruce talked a little bit about it on Monday on his program. I've been talking about it. I really have had uh, um, a difficult time watching members of our church go at each other. And they have. My goodness. I, I, I tell you what. Uh, there was something I forget what it was. There was a, a, a maybe even it was the, the, the National Catholic Register, which is owned by EWTN. And there was an article in there on it's online. We have it on our on our uh, uh, mobile app. There was an article in there yesterday, I believe, where it said that Holy Father Pope Francis um, congratulated President Biden and. Um, in his statement, the Holy Father did say, you know, that he hopes and prays that the new president will respect all life. And But I, there were comments under there that just were tearing the Holy Father apart. And I, I, read, the, I read his statement again. I thought, what, what did he say that was not good in here? I mean, I don't because he prayed for and he congratulated President Biden. You know, you're you're not gonna you're not gonna win anybody's favor or change anybody's heart by shutting the wall, and 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 you have to at least begin on common ground somewhere. That's the problem, I think. And prayer breaks down those hardened hearts. Prayer tears down those walls that prevent us from reaching out. And I'm not saying that by reaching out, you're agreeing with a person and their positions on certain issues, especially in this case as it comes to, you know, life issues. But you have to at least, through prayer, ask the Holy Spirit to guide your words, guide your thoughts, uh, guide your, your, uh, how you react and interact with another person in charity. I remember there's a story that I heard once, and I don't know I don't know how factual it is, but there was a story I heard once about Saint Francis of Assisi, and you know in his later years Saint Francis of Assisi had the stigmata, but in the later years, on his feet, the nails were protruding from. To, the bottom of his feet. He couldn't even walk. This is how severe his stigmata was. He actually had the nails coming through his feet. Maybe his hands, but I know his feet. He couldn't walk because when he did, it was an excruciating pain because the nail was in his in his feet. 
Father Andrew Apostoli told me that. But I heard a story that there was a priest in living in Assisi during St. Francis's time. You know, St. Francis was not a priest. He was a, a, a religious brother. But there was a, an actual priest in Assisi who had a mistress. And again, I don't know how factual this is. We'll take it as I share it with you, as I heard it. And the townspeople in Assisi were up in arms over the scandal of this, this, this priest who was known to have, had, to have a mistress living in the rectory with him. And so the people were, they were just up in arms and, and, and scandalized. And they said, let's go to Francis and take him to that priest. He'll straighten him out. Now, you know, St. Francis was a, a man of peace, a man of charity, a man of love, a true, a true disciple of Jesus, faithful to the church. So they carried St. Francis to this rectory door and banged on the door. And they put Francis there standing then. The priest came to open the door, and the first thing St. Francis did, again, this is how the story goes, I don't know how factual, the first thing he did was to take the priest's hands and kiss them and say, I don't know about anything else right now, but I know these hands bring me Jesus. Certainly a true sign of, of, of mercy. It wasn't necessarily condoning the priest in his in his scandalous behavior and sinful behavior, but it was a beginning to understand that this man is a priest. And, you know, I mean, it's just, I guess the point of that was to just exhibit how everything's in the approach, right? <laughs> and prayer will help us to approach situations charitably. And the first Christians of the Catechism says they lived this form of fellowship and as the Apostle St. Paul, it says, gives them a share in his ministry of preaching the gospel, but also intercedes for them. The intercession of a Christian recognizes no boundaries for all men, for kings and all who are in high positions, for persecutors, for the salvation of those who reject the gospel. We, we pray for these things, and we should be praying for these things. You know, if we have a, a, a problem with you know, a government official, leader, uh, legislation, um, legislators, anything that, that, that we find, um, you know, difficult to deal with, we're still called to pray and, and, and pray that their hearts are changed if, if they're living an immoral lifestyle or if they're uh, promoting a... Uh, a, a legislation that is, you know, contrary to the dignity of life. I mean, these are things that we pray for them. Say, I'm not going to pray for him because I don't like him, or I'm not going to pray for him because, you know, he's he takes this position on, on one thing or another. We are called to intercede. You know, let's intercede for them and, and pray for them. Maybe they have nobody else praying for them to do <laughs> Because we know, I, I still, I still believe. You know, tomorrow is the the anniversary of, and I don't like using that word. It's you know, it's forty eight years ago that the Supreme Court um, decided on the Roe v. Wade, uh, made the Roe v. Wade decision that legalized abortion in this country. Forty eight years is a long time, and for forty eight years there have been 
many, many, many prayers being raised. Um, and, you know, it's funny. I was looking at, uh, I forget, one of the periodicals where they're saying one of the things that <clears throat> President Biden will do is, is um, um, remove, you know, the restrictions, some of the restrictions that, that President Trump enacted uh, pro-life uh, initiatives and things. Uh, and, and you go back and it was showing how, you know, where a Republican president would enact, starting with Reagan, you know, uh, with, with the Mexican, poli Mexican city policy, they would, you know, all these things that occurred, Republicans who are pro-life will bring into, we still have abortions, but restrictions and things that limit it. And, and when the Democrats come in, they, they you know, do away with it, reverse the decisions and reverse the, the policies. And it's been going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth for 48 years. And we still have babies being, being aborted. And it's a, it's a horrible thing. And you know, people have been praying for that. Many people have been raising prayers for that. Many people have been praying, you know, fervently and regularly to change this policy in this country and around the world. So our intercessory prayer is, is, is needed, maybe not always, you know, answered as quickly as we would like for whatever reason, but you know, the Lord, he's not going to force his will upon people. We have to change hearts, and those hearts can be changed through prayer. You know, if you want someone to change, as Bishop Sheen said, tell them what they need to know in charity and love and in prayer. Let people see who we are as true disciples and apostles of Jesus Christ, as a prayerful group of people, as people who pray with and for each other, who intercede on the behalf of others, who, who know the power of prayer. How many of you listening or watching right now know and have experienced in, in an extraordinary way, I have, the power of prayer. You know, one, one of the quickest answers I ever got to prayer, I was sitting in my, uh, Cheryl and I had just come back from our honeymoon. We had gone to Rome for our honeymoon. And I was, at the time, an hourly employee at FedEx in customer service and uh, just gotten married, came back from our honeymoon, went back to my job, and... Uh, making, you know, whatever the hourly wage was at that time it was pretty good, but it wasn't enough to support a, a family. <laughs> and I remember just all of a sudden after the wedding and the honeymoon, settling back into my old job and thinking to myself, this isn't going to make it. And at FedEx in customer service, because you would oftentimes get people who weren't happy with the services, <laughs> package was delivered late or delivered, you know, whatever. You had to kind of be the sounding board and, and take it. And it would sometimes, you know, get on. And I had I had, had a pretty much enough that day. And I went, the company provided what they called a quiet room. You went to this room with low lights. Nobody was allowed to speak. They had couches, very comfortable, where you could decompress a little bit. So I went there. And I remember putting my head back and just starting to talk to the Lord in prayer and saying, Lord, I need something more than this. Have I want to be a good provider and, 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 and support my wife and family. I'm going to need something more than this. Please help me. Please help me. 
I had just gotten back to my name and went back to my position, had just sat down and a hand came on my shoulder and said, Jim, before you sign in, I want to talk to you. I said, it was my boss. I thought, uh-oh. <laughs> but she said, I just got a call from uh, the senior manager out in Phoenix, and he saw you at an interview a few months ago, and he wants to talk to you about maybe becoming a manager out there in Phoenix. It was like, boom, how quick was that prayer answered? <laughs> but sometimes prayers take years, too. The point is, we are called to pray with and for each other that there's great power in the prayer that we have interceding, and also to go to, of course, Jesus. Go to Our Lady. Go to the saints. Constant prayer with Almighty God. But ask those, especially those in the communion of saints, those in the church triumphant, even the, the church suffering, the holy souls in purgatory can pray for us. They can't pray for themselves, but they can pray for us. They can intercede for us in so many ways, and there's such power there to be connected to each, uh, each of them in, in prayer so that we can help each other in praying with and for each other. Okay, my time, I think, is up. Yep, okay, I got to go. Now, tomorrow, 4 o'clock, join Cheryl and me for Friday Live. Uh, we have Dr. Kevin Vost and um, Father Daly is going to join us, too, with some great uh, information, great books as well as music, talk, and more. So tune in at 4 o'clock tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day, my friends. I thank you for tuning in. My name is Jim Manfredonia. God bless you, and God love you. Bye.